0: Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. Back to school and back to work day means it's time for many of us to pay closer attention to the upcoming municipal election set for October 22nd. There are actually 35 candidates for mayor, and with apologies to most of them, only two are really considered serious contenders. A new poll that we talked about in the news shows former chief city planner Jennifer Kiesmat is gaining on Mayor John Tory, though he is still well ahead. Ms. Kiesmat was here talking to our audience in recent days, and today we catch up with Mayor John Tory. Mayor Tory, thank you so much for being with us.
2: It's my pleasure, Libby.
1: Okay, so first of all, a reaction uh, to that poll. Uh, She made quite a bit of gains uh, in summer doldrums, and she's attacking you on the basis of leadership. What's, What's your reaction to that?
2: Well, I don't react to any particular polls. There'll be lots of polls, uh, you know, during the time between now and the election day. And with respect to some of the things she said that were uh, very personal, I, you know, I just don't uh, I don't pay much attention to that. Uh, I'd rather be debating the issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I'm described as low energy, I think most people, <laughs> okay. you know, kind of look at that and say that they couldn't imagine anybody with more energy than me. But, look, I just think what we really want to debate is, you know, the future of transit in the city where she would take a plan that was approved a long time ago. Uh, by the City Council and by all the governments and kind of tear it up and start redrawing it which to me would be a disaster It would be going backwards I think uh, we want to talk about taxes where I've said uh, for me uh, taxes uh, property taxes will be kept at or below the rate of inflation in terms of increases going forward so we want to talk about that we want to talk about uh, you know partnerships with other governments where I think my ability to put those partnerships together has been immensely beneficial uh, to the City of Toronto in terms of money for transit and housing and so on you know so the list goes on that's what I'd rather be discussing, and that's what I will discuss.
1: One of the things that that strikes me uh, is, so she's your major opponent, and with apologies to her because she does not like to be described as as a candidate from the left, but we would understand her being to the left of you. How does that change what you are going to be offering, as opposed to whether you had a candidate on the right? You know, we had heard that Blaine Lastman was going to run. How does this change the nature of the race and, of course, in the provincial election, the City of Toronto went left.
2: Well, part of it did. I mean, it's interesting because for the first time in 15 years, the City of Toronto elected 11 progressive Conservative MPPs, but then you're right, it elected a bunch of uh, New Democrats as well. Look, the bottom line for me is, Libby... I don't see myself as being left or right. I don't belong to a political party anymore. Um, I see myself as trying to move the city forward and actually get transit built and not go back to the days of kind of redebating and re-studying and re-consulting. We have a plan. It was overwhelmingly approved by the city council. In fact, Ms. Kees, I have a quote that I could read you from uh, early 2016 where she took credit. For the plan, and said she was just giddy with excitement about getting it uh, actually put into place, and now all of a sudden that plan's not good anymore. And I think people have to ask themselves the question of, well, you know, why would she be giddy with excitement about a plan she took credit for a little while ago, and now suddenly the plan is no good? Same reason, I suppose, as why she endorsed me just a few months ago and said I was the right choice for mayor to finish my work, and now she's running against me. So these are questions that she has to answer, but the bottom line is I want to just move the city forward. I want to build transit. I want to address affordable housing with real. uh, targets. Uh, I want to make sure we maintain partnerships with the other governments and I want to make sure that we keep the city affordable at our end in any event by making sure that we keep taxes uh, and increases in taxes as low as we possibly can and that's what I'm going to continue to run on and uh, you know uh, the voters will get to decide on October the 22nd.
1: Uh, Speaking of deciding on October the 22nd, in another week, we're going to hear from a judge uh, about the city, the the city went to court on Friday, uh, you know, opposing the change to 25 wards from 47 wards. What is hanging on that? I mean, the city's own lawyers have said that you couldn't be ready for October 22nd if you if the, the judge agrees that it should go back to 47. I mean, how is that going to change the election?
2: Well, obviously, if uh, we're not successful in the court case, then it doesn't change anything. You know, things will go ahead on the 25 wards, and uh, my election, uh, the one that I'm involved in, doesn't really change at all because the boundaries don't change. Um, but if, if we're successful in the court case, the city, that is, uh, then I guess it'll be up to the clerk, because uh, in our system, the clerk, who's an appointed professional public servant, um, she has the sole discretion not influenced by or directed by politicians to decide what to do about running a fair and proper election. Election. And so, I guess, uh, and, and I think the one thing you also probably could, uh, you know, could predict with some certainty is that whoever wins or loses that court case coming up in a week or so uh, probably will appeal it. And that'll take uh, a little while longer as well. So, I can't really say what's going to happen. I can only say that the clerk, uh, the mandate she has to have is to run the election under the law as it is. And so, if the city loses the court case, then she will continue to run the election on the basis of 25 wards. If the city wins the court case, Um, I guess she has to decide what to do in light of the fact especially there will be an appeal. So I can't really answer your question. It's a sort of hypothetical question subject to a court decision, and we all know court decisions are unpredictable.
1: Uh, How have you found... Dealing with Doug Ford, some people have characterized what he's doing with the city as a bit of vindictiveness. Do you see it that way? And, and, you know, how are you looking forward to uh, another four years of it, given that you if you get elected?
2: Well, first of all, I would describe what he did. I, I wasn't around for when he was here as a councillor. I wasn't at City Hall. And I would say that I think what he's done, the process surrounding it in terms of changing the size of the City Council was ill-advised uh, in that I think, uh, you know, there should have been robust consultation that took place with the council, with the public in particular. So, you know, I think it was ill-advised. But you know what? My Here's my job. My job, regardless of who is elected to be Premier of Ontario or Prime Minister of Canada, is to work with them. And so I'm a person who has worked even in my short four years with Prime Minister Stephen Harper and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and had good relationships that were productive for the city of Toronto with both. I now am working with Premier Doug Ford, having worked for most of my time with Premier Kathleen Wynne. And again, um, those relationships uh, to me are, are meant to be and I'm trying to make them productive uh, for the city. And so I think what you have to do is you have to make sure you speak up when you feel Toronto's being ill-served by something the province or the federal government is doing. And I certainly have made my view is well-known on what has been done here uh, in terms of the process of changing city council. But I also know that we have to continue to work with them on transit funding and on housing and on community safety and, you know, a whole long list of issues. And you can't afford to be in a position where you have, uh, you know, in the cause of of speaking up on something you disagree and burned all the bridges. You've got to maintain strong partnerships with those governments, and that's my job. And so, uh, you know, you you adjust just like everybody else in, in life does at their work. If they have a boss or a colleague that is somebody that may not be, you know, at the same to deal with as the one they had before, you adjust and you, you stand up for what you believe in and you stand up for yourself. But at the same time, you know that you have to maintain a partnership and that's crucial uh, in this business that we have as partners in building transit and so on, these other governments.
1: Okay, final question. You made an announcement regarding Vision Zero about a pilot project for these red light cameras. Uh, most people consider Vision Zero, you know, pretty well a, a, a flop so far. How is this going to help if you can't enforce with tickets?
2: Gosh, you know, uh, I, I consider Vision Zero, zero everything. Uh, uh, you know, other than what you said, I think it is something where we've established, you know, dozens and dozens of new school safety zones with all kinds of signage and changed speed limits. We've done the same with community safety zones. We have made huge changes to uh, pedestrian signals and intersections. But we haven't seen any
1: results in terms of uh, the carnage on the roads. Well, woods. I'll tell you
2: something, Libby. If you look at cities across the globe, uh, in no case did it happen in the first year of a program, or sometimes even in the second year. Uh, And that is partially because it takes a period of time to make the physical changes to signage and to speed limits and whatnot, but also because you have to have that one thing that counts the most, which is a change in human behavior, and that people have to start respecting each other when they use the public space, and it's pedestrians respecting drivers, who respect cyclists, who respect pedestrians, and it's everybody sort of deciding, especially with the onus placed on people who are driving surrounded by two tons of steel. They have to show the most respect and the most uh, you know recognition by not driving distracted, by not... Uh, speeding and so the photo radar what we have to do is test out the technology Uh, and so what was uh, initiated this morning was the technology at Don Mills and overly Uh, and we're going to collect some data that the province requires before they can pass a regulation allowing us to issue tickets so we're just following the path that we have to follow and I can assure you within a relatively short period of time I'll be very happy about this substantial tickets will be getting issued to people who speed in school zones as well they should receive such a ticket because that is dangerous Dangerous behavior it is dangerous for kids and we've got to fix that and the best way to fix it is through technology not by having police officers sitting there when they have many other things to do holding a radar gun so I'm re- really happy at this huge step forward I had to go and ask the province for permission to reintroduce photo radar in school zones it took them a year and a half to pass the legislation it's going to take them another few months to do the regulations we're proceeding ahead with this while they do their work and I'm very proud of it and very happy about it because it will make a huge difference to safety on the roads.
1: Okay, well, Mayor Tory, I know you are coming back a week Thursday, and at that point, we'll have time to take calls from people with their questions. For I will
2: you. look forward to that.
1: Okay, I look forward to it, too. And thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank
0: you, Libby. Bye-bye okay, now.
1: Okay, bye-bye.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.